Hey people, welcome once again to Steve-O's Music News. It is episode 15, and this is on a Saturday, January 16th. I'm Steve Orchard, glad to have you aboard again. And I'm going to jump right into things today, and I got uh, steered, I think I got some pretty good information, but I wanted to start out with uh, something that my buddy Ponch brought to my attention. Kisses Paul Stanley and his band Soul Station. Just caught wind of this here. They've released a cover of the Five Stair Steps 1970 hit called Ooh Child from the upcoming tribute album called Now and Then. It is due on March 5th. This is going to be something different now. Of course, Paul Stanley, big rocker with Kiss, but he and Soul Station, uh, they perform a rather faithful rendition of Ooh Child, which was a number eight pop hit and number 14 R&B hit back in 1970 now the people have been talking about how paul's voice is a little rougher these days while he does deliver a tender lead vocal performance as well and there's some uh i guess you could say big rock roots embedded in the uh searing guitar that appears throughout the track if you were to get a look at these guys it's a pretty big uh ensemble of people here stanley and a number of uh, musicians helping out in the soul station has been a pet project for Stanley, dating back to the group's live debut. That was in 2015, so they've been around. They've they've toured regularly around the United States and Japan, but it wasn't until recently that they were able to get into the studio and record now and then. Says Stanley in a statement, quote, Long before I ever heard the great British bands, I grew up listening to Philly Soul, Motown, and a whole lot more. I was lucky to see Otis Redding and Solomon Burke, among others. That music and its storytelling gave me strength and hope. Even in some tough days, the great classics of that era are magical medicine for most of us, and I felt drawn to that era for, I guess, some sorcery that we could all use, unquote. (laughs) Well, now and then, we'll feature nine covers of classic soul and R&B songs, as well as five original tracks, Along with the band's rendition of Ooh Child, other covers include some of my favorites. The Spinners, Could It Be I'm Falling in Love, The Miracles, Tracks of My Tears, The Temptations, Just My Imagination, the Delphonic song called Lala Means I Love You. The album will also feature the band's take on Smokey Robinson's Ooh Baby Baby. That was a Miracles hit for which, of course, uh, a video was released last may as for the new material on the record stanley said that between us doing some great soul station shows and starting the album i started to think that neither the band nor the music we love should depend only on the past so i started writing with the goal of well putting some new songs together bringing them into the present from what a lot of people i respect have told me that mission was accomplished there were some other songs on this project I like. Again, Now and Then is 14 songs strong. You're also going to get a cover of Al Green's Let's Stay Together. The Stylistics, one of the 70s top R&B bands, one of my favorites. They've got You Are Everything on here again. This is due on March 5th. You can actually check out that song. Just go to YouTube and you'll be able to hear their cover of uh, Ooh Child. While also talking about brand new albums and a cover album, this is kind of hot on the heels of the box set that, uh, in fact, it was an elaborate box set that came out uh, around the holidays, Tom Jones. He's back with something called The Soundtrack of My Life. 
This would be the follow-up to his 2015 record called Long Lost Suitcase, and this one is coming out on April 23rd. Tom Jones is 80 now, by the way, and he says that I was there when TV started, didn't know I'd become a part of it, but it could be that its power is to remind us how wonderful, crazy, and inventive we are, but also how scary the reality it reflects can be. His new album also features imagined, uh, well, reimagined, that's what I want to say, reimagined versions of songs by Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, and uh, Bobby Cole. And, uh, well, I could run down some of the tracks, but uh, I'm going to kind of skip over that. It's uh, it's just really a, a, another kind of a cover his album. Um, it's also kind of funny here. Jones revealed that the song that he wants played at his funeral is Jerry Lee Lewis's Great Balls of Fire. He says, it's always been a favorite of mine. If someone wants me to sing something, I've always said, if in doubt, do Great Balls of Fire. But at my funeral, I would love to have the original 1957 version that was released on Sun Records. He also said the uh, first album he ever bought was Lewis's self-titled debut album. Again, the new one from Tom Jones is uh, on the way April 23rd called The Soundtrack of My Life. All right, well, speaking about upcoming new albums, and we're kind of jumping from different genres, but Nancy Wilson has revealed that her upcoming solo album will contain a song dedicated to the late Eddie Van Halen. The Heart Rocker discussed the track during an appearance on Hawaii Public Radio. She says, I have an instrumental song in this album called For Edward, which is dedicated to Eddie Van Halen. Wilson explained that she was the first one to ever give him an acoustic guitar. Wilson went on to detail the story, which took place when Hart toured alongside of Van Halen. She says, when we were touring with those guys in the 80s, he was like, I like how you play that acoustic. And I said, well, why don't you play more acoustic? And he goes, well, I don't have an acoustic. And I said, you don't have an acoustic? What? And so I went and got him one out of my stash, and I gave it to him. Now, while it's been decades since Hart and Van Halen toured together, Wilson still vividly remembers the experience and the antics going on behind the scenes. For Nancy Wilson, it will be the first solo album of her career. It's reportedly titled You and Me. No date yet, but it's coming out later this year. The uh, rocker previously released her first single from the album, a cover of Bruce Springsteen's The Rising. That came out last October. Two further covers are going to make up the album, versions of Simon and Garfunkel's The Boxer, and Pearl Jam's Daughter. The rest of the album will be original tunes with guest appearances by Sammy Hagar and Guns N' Roses' Duff McKagan. Well, on that topic of Van Halen, former members Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony have confirmed that a concert honoring Eddie Van Halen will happen. Sammy says it's got to happen. Of course it's going to happen. He did this in a uh, New York radio uh, station interview. He said, no one's really connected all of the dots with everyone that's uh, involved, but I have been told, and I've been having interviews with various people. They include Eddie's son, Wolfgang, his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, and Eddie's wife, Janie, that he was married to at the time. They said that once everything kind of dies down, we're going to get everybody together and do a tribute or whatever kind of a thank you, a goodbye, a send-off, and 
that will be an absolute must. And though Hagar understandably stopped short of saying such a concert may happen, he declares he'll be ready whenever it takes place. I don't care if it takes 10 years, it will happen. Added Michael Anthony, hey, we've got to celebrate the music because there is so much good music. Now, Hagar had previously expressed interest in honoring Eddie Van Halen, but said it wasn't his place to start such a conversation. Uh, when they want to do something, when they want to get it together, we'll be ready for it. Hagar, as you know, if you're a fan, replaced original Van Halen frontman David Lee Roth in 1985. He recorded four studio albums with them, 5150 OU812, four on lawful carnal knowledge and balance before departing the group in 1996. In the meantime, Michael Anthony served as the band's bass player from 1974 until, uh, I'm sorry, in 74 until 2006 when he was replaced by Wolfgang. All right, so Journey News talk about right now. They're coming back with uh, another album. Neil Schoen has provided an update saying the band currently has more than 20 tracks in some form of completion. He told Cleveland.com, and I'm guessing that's some kind of music site or something out of Cleveland, Ohio. He says, we're like deep in and it's sounding really, really good. It still sounds like Journey, but there is definitely a different strut with the project. I mean, how can it not sound like Journey? I mean, there's still, you know, Neil's in there, Jonathan Kane. It's bombastic. It's rocking. It's majestic. It's soulful. We have 21 songs in the works right now. There is more coming in. We're going to pick the best of the crop out and put a killer album out. Now, back in October... Sean had revealed the journey was recording remotely due to the coronavirus pandemic. And at that point, they had had like 13 tracks in the can for which vocalist Arnell Panetta was in the process of recording vocals. Sean is comparing the diversity of the new material to the band's classic 1981 album called Escape. And this will be the band's first record since Eclipse. And it comes amidst a shakeup in which original bass player Ross Valerie and, well, I guess you could say that Escape era drummer Steve Smith were ousted and replaced by bassist Randy Jackson. You know, Randy from more recent times was the uh, one of the judges on American Idol, but for a time he was also touring with Journey. But they do have some other people that are involved in this. Sean wants to incorporate some of the new songs into the band's set lists once the band is able to resume touring. And uh, for a lot of people, they're hoping that will happen by summertime. That's not just Journey, but that's uh, all artists in general. So it should be interesting to see. I've always been a guy that is, you know, for me, I'm not on board without Steve Perry. They're, they're still out there doing it. Arnell Panetta has apparently been given his blessing by Perry. But uh, if you like Journey, you still like, Jonathan Cain, you like Neil Schoen, and you like Arnell Panetta, a lot of people say he sounds like Perry, then have at it. We'll keep you posted when there is something concrete in the works. All right, a little bit of country news for you right now. Morgan Wallen, he has no plans to get married anytime soon, but jokes that if he does, 
The song he wants to be played at his wedding would be Bad Company's 1975 hit Feel Like Making Love. In the new episode of Spotify's 10 Songs That Made Me, he says, I kind of made this as a joke, to be honest. I don't have many visions about being married, so we'll see how it goes. I hope everybody gets lucky that night. Oh, by the way, don't panic, ladies. Morgan is currently single. The meantime, his new project, Dangerous, the double album, arrived in stores and online a week ago from yesterday because today is a Saturday, so it was a week ago Friday. It set a record in just a couple of days. A collection of 30 songs has set the record for the biggest first day and the biggest first week country album of all time on Apple Music after becoming the most pre-added country album in Apple Music history. The Double Take currently sits at number one on their overall albums charts in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, while simultaneously, now this is what I found extremely well interesting and pretty cool, actually, it staked its claim as the number one top country album in 62 countries worldwide. Congrats to Morgan. The single Seven Summers is making its way towards number one, following up that song called more than my hometown and again if you've been able to to listen to that album it's great i said 30 songs there is a special 32 song version strictly available through target music stores all right well i've got a couple of events to talk about for this day in music history and for roughly 30 years the biggest selling live album of all time was released this month in 1976 now, some sources say it came out on January 6, 1976. Others say it was January 16th. But whatever, Frampton Comes Alive was released 45 years ago. And its actual debut date on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart was January 31st, 1976. Uh, sales figures are... Every bit as difficult to come by sometimes as are the release dates. But again, I was able to give you at least the debut date to the album chart. Generally, it's believed that Frampton Comes Alive by Peter Frampton has sold about 15 million copies. However, since 2006, the biggest selling live album has been Double Live by Garth Brooks with sales of over 21 million. And I can only think of a couple of other live albums to sell 10 million or more. They were... Bruce Springsteen's Live 1975-85 to 85 set and Eric Clapton's Unplugged. Frampton Comes Alive gave us three hit singles leading off with Show Me The Way that got to number six. Baby I Love Your Way reached number 12. And Do You Feel Like I Do hit number 10. Now mind you, Frampton had recorded a number of albums prior to the live set. So some of these songs, like Show Me the Way, Baby I Love Your Way, they were done in studio versions, but they were not hits until later on. Now, on the Billboard Albums chart, Frampton Comes Alive spent 10 weeks at number one, and it remained on the chart for 97 weeks. I just started reading his new book, which I got as a Christmas gift, Do You Feel Like I Do, a memoir, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to making my way through that one. But yeah, that's one notable event. Uh, 45 years ago, and people still love that album, Frampton Comes Alive. Well, here's something that's pretty cool and unthinkable. 
which happened in 1962. And then back in 2008, I got to be at least a, a little bit of a, a part of this in a sense, I guess, because I got to interview this guy. The uh, the Unthinkable Happened, a song that was number one 16 months earlier in 62, returned to number one. The Twist by Chubby Checker is by far the greatest dance single ever. It was the number one single the first 21 years of the rock era, which covered 1955 to 1976, and the number one single in the 55-year history of one pop chart. When it went to number one in September of 1960, and again 16 months later in January of 62, it became the only song, discounting holiday songs, to make number one in two separate chart runs. Now, there's been an entire book written on the twist. Ironically, the song was twice the B-side for Hank Ballard, who wrote the twist and sang it originally. It was the B-side of Teardrops on Your Letter, and for Chubby, it was the B-side of Toot. When Hank Ballard's version was played on American Bandstand, kids flocked to the dance floor to dance to it, but Dick Clark felt that the song needed more of a universal pop appeal with someone else singing it. He suggested to Danny and the Juniors of At The Hop fame to sing it, but nothing big happened. Johnny Preston of Runny Bear fame recorded it, Freddie Boom Boom Cannon was rumored to be in line to sing it, but ultimately Chubby's version became the dance classic. So how does a song that hits number one end up going to number one a second time? Well, it was due in part to the dance becoming the craze. It showed on the pop charts. Among the twist songs popular in the ensuing months of 1962 were Peppermint Twist and Hey Let's Twist, by Joey D and the Starlighters, Dear Lady Twist by Gary U.S. Bonds, Slow Twistin' by Chubby Checker and Dee Dee Sharp, Soul Twist by King Curtis, Twistin' the Night Away by Sam Cooke, Twistin' Postman by The Marvelettes, and Percolator Twist by Billy Joe and the Checkmates. So yeah, it hits number one, and then all of a sudden, just for some reason, this dance just, just took off again. Um, I had a chance to interview Chubby back in 2008. I was freelancing for Goldmine Magazine. Chubby ended up doing a show here in the Kingsford area, Kingsford, Michigan. And what he says here about that, you know, I, I of course, reminded him, not that he needed to be reminded, but the song was an old Hank Ballard song that Chubby says he resurrected and brought back from the dead. He says... I mean, a cover song is, he says he recorded what he said was a dead song. He doesn't really call it a cover song as much. He said a cover song is a song that people record when someone else has it on the charts and somebody like Pat Boone or one of those guys comes along and covers the song. I resurrected a corpse and made it something that swept the world. And thank God for Hank Ballard, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be on the phone talking to you. So believe me, I know how to give credit where credit is due. And as he told me that, he started laughing. And I felt honored that I got to interview Chubby Checker. But again, it was this date in uh, music history, which the actual date for this was this past uh, week on Tuesday, January 12th where the twist again returned to number one. 
All right, finally, to wrap things up today, I've got one birthday to tell you about, which just happens to land on this day. As I record episode 15 here, singer, songwriter, and guitarist Jim Stafford is 77. So Stafford starts out in 1973 with a number 39 single called Swamp Witch. It came onto the American Top 40, stayed there for one week. And then in March of 74, his his album comes out, self-titled, and he had four hit singles to come off of that album. They ended up putting Swamp Witch on there. Uh, and then he had three other singles that were hits and big hits. Spiders and Snakes got to number three. My Girl Bill followed that and hit number 12. And then Wildwood Weed had number seven. So the album, Jim Stafford, uh, this was a record that got to number 55, spent like, uh, I think it was like 33 weeks on the entire album charts. This was uh, released in the, the spring of 1974. I love that album. You know, I made a Facebook post recently talking about great debut albums. I think it was about, uh, I wasn't even 14 at the time. I was 13 when the album came out, turned 14 when some of those songs were making hits. And that is one of those albums where, yeah, there's it, it's kind of a novelty album, a little bit of comedy, but that's one that has stayed with me through the years. Uh, Stafford himself would end up with eight singles that would make the Billboard Hot 100. After Wildwood Weed came out, he would have a couple of hit singles in 1975. Your Bulldog Drinks Champagne got to number 24. And then later on in the year, I Got Stoned and I Missed It reached number 37. The success of those singles from that, that debut album allowed him to host his own summer variety show in 1975. He would go on also to have a few songs that would make the Billboard country charts. And I think he was also in uh, one of those Clint Eastwood movies with the orangutan. I think it was like Any Which Way You Can. So he did a little bit of acting on the side as well, but he's always been one of these guys. I think he's almost had a residency at Branson in Missouri. But again, Jim Stafford turning 77 today. All right, there you have it. Episode 15 in the books, as they say. And I certainly appreciate the support. We try to get this on Facebook. Some of you have this automatically logged in to the platforms that you're listening to, and they automatically come up. Don't forget... You can catch me weekdays from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Frog Country 101.5 WJNR Radio. We are streaming live 24-7, WJNRRadio.com. And don't forget to check out my thrice-weekly Forgotten 45 segment. That can also be streamed, WHTORadio.com. That is our classic hits outlet. I do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, roughly at around 7.45, and for the most part, it's a song that you're probably not going to hear on the radio anymore. Once in a while, I will still throw a big hit on there, but usually it's a song that didn't make the top 10, but it did make the top 40. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you next time around on Steve-O's Music News.